Welcome to Rinky Dinking 44. Oh. I believe it's our 44th edition of RD. You're the detail man. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right, I am. Uh, it's lonely at the top, but it's also comforting to look down upon all the people. That's how I find our podcast unfolding here today and every week. Anyway, uh, of course, the Razor Boy, along with the great Mike Heike, in behind the camera over there as we're going multiple platform is that what we call it this week totesy the great jeff totes who makes this all happen makes a lot of things happen around here uh but this week we riff on uh, the two topics that have captivated the hockey world uh, the trade deadline and e-bugs and we are emanating from a closet here in uh, boston actually it's a great big ballroom closet to you and I. Yes, of course. Uh, the the e-bug thing is I'm looking so forward to just unloading on. And uh, it's the it's the acronym of the asinine, essentially. And, but before we get to that, the trade de- deadline came in and went this past week. The stars did next to nothing, which was understandable and anticipated, I yeah, think, I by most people. Why would you... Uh, mess up a good thing on one side and on the other side the 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 lack of appetite to peddle more picks in down the road or or whatever to add something that maybe you could get by without anyway yeah i think there's i mean i still think we can have the debate on whether they were right well, that's or wrong. why we're here that's we why we're here we want to have that debate quit um, playing to the camera sorry as well, that was, hello hello um no like I, I looked at some of the prices, and there were players who it seems like could have helped the Stars at a reasonable price. Tyler Ennis, fifth-round pick. Okay, could could they have? Should they have? Uh, I can't ever pronounce his name, but Athanasiu, two second-round picks. Try it again. Athan-C-U. No, one more time. Athanasiu. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Lord. It's getting worse, isn't it? It's you know good, what? You're in the you're in the print medium. I can spell it. <laughs> Athanasiu. Okay, there you go. Do it. Athanasiu. <laughs> there you go. And I have a lift, too. So that's coming back from my high school days. Anyways, two second round picks there. Um, Kasha. I love the kid. Now, he is hurt a lot, but that was a deal that seemed very doable, even with the limited assets the Stars had. Well, the local boys here picked up uh, Andre Kasha. I know. The Boston Bruins. And so you're just, if I'm a fan and I'm sitting at home and I'm sitting saying, do we need more goal scoring? Could these guys help? I, I do wonder why they, and they may have been in every conversation, it just didn't work out. Right, right. I understand the the draft pick thing a little bit because mm-hmm. they, they did, you know, last year with Zuccarello, 45 games of Mark Mathot is not looking very good for that second round pick, but you can understand why they were doing it at the time for that defense core. But you, you do it. I mean, all of a sudden you look and you're like, man, we've, we've moved a lot of draft picks yeah. and that's how your cupboards end up bare. And you have this little 
brief rise, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, we don't have a lot of prospects. Right. And you try to fill it back in again. So, uh, you know, two years out, not this draft, but the next draft, they they have everybody. They have everybody and one, right? right. I think they have maybe the Leafs or somebody. Something. Buffaloes. And uh, so... It, you know, I, I understand the immediacy of fans. They're like, I could care less. Get get rid of all the draft picks. Load up with everyone. Well, you can't do that. I agree. Either, right? So my, my feeling, and in talking with some players and that, and just from witnessing this thing all year, is that they they have yet, despite the fact of them being close to the top in the Western Conference, and, you know, we, we like to just call the first nine games – amnesia and uh move past that and just start the season then it'd be wonderful if we yeah. do that stars aganda we call it and uh but if, if you do that i mean they're they're arguably the best team in the league right and they're the best team in the league having not had everyone going at the same time or everything going at the same time yeah. which is remarkable in in some ways i mean there are stretches we're in one now where a guy like Alexander Radulov has scored in one of the last, I don't know, it was it 18, 19 games now yeah. that the Stars have played. He missed some with a neck injury. But, I mean, that's a rather significant guy in recent past that isn't adding much offensively, but somebody else is. Correct. And it's always somebody else is, and then somebody else is, and Tyler doesn't score for a month and a half. And then all of a sudden, Tyler scores nothing but game winners. Right. So... Uh, that to me is a uh, is the true markings of a of a very good team and a tough team to dust when it when it comes down to I believe what's known as brass tacks. But at the same time, man, if they could ever get it all going at once, who's better? Well, it's interesting. You have the inner, inner discussion. I don't know what your plan is for discussing on this podcast about offense. Why is it my plan? I don't know because I try. I brought this. This is here. This this here is available on the table just in case we run out of hot sports opinions on this podcast. We're just going to uh, add a dash of Tabasco. Can I be the most anti-Texan in the world? Yeah. I hate all that stuff. Like people, Foster, Doug Foster and all those guys, they're just pouring it all over everything. And I'm a Yankee and I can't stand it. It makes my hot tongue sauce? burn. Any spice. Any hot stuff. Some spices I like, you know, like regular savory spices. Have you ever heard of that? Savory spices. But the actual hot stuff that they do in Texas. I would put Tabasco on ice My father-in-law, like same thing. So he carried stuff with him. Do you know how long it, it takes to make Tabasco? Like a half a second? No, it takes a you serious... You have to marinate it and put it in it is, old oaken barrels. Yeah. It's almost like a fine scotch whiskey or something. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that stuff either. Anyway, your point being? My, my point being is, as you go through all these discussions in your head and you try and find rational explanations, it almost makes sense what they tell you every day. And I know that it frustrates the fans, but they get high danger scoring chances. They're top 10. I think they're, I wrote it down here. Again, who? who you who, made notes? Is that because we're on TV this yeah. week? Uh, who? I don't know who creates whether this is high danger or not, but the natural stat trick has had them top five, top seven in creating high danger scoring chances this year. Among everybody in the league, and you wouldn't think that, right? Because they're second and uh, second and last and goal scored at five on five. They don't really create a ton of shots, but they're saying the shots they get are high danger. Then you go to 
Okay, they also say they're one of the worst teams at converting sh- shooting chances and high danger chances. So, point being, oh, oh my God, that is revolutionary. Well, I'm just saying, point. We're be- sitting here in the Hamilton room with revolutionary right. statistics. This is a lot like. So let me get this straight again. They they generate a lot of high danger chances, and yet they don't score on a lot of their high danger chances. Ergo, or th- thus, or therefore. They don't score an awful lot of goals. Correct. Now, wow. But now let's wow. take this to Woo. what is going on Man, in the room. Math. And, and okay, I don't know this for sure. I'm assuming this. But I think the coaches think that they're doing a pretty good job of coming up with a game plan and that the players just aren't scoring. That the good players are not converting chances that they should be converting. And, again, that's putting words into their mouth. But I think they think that if they just keep doing this, these good players will eventually raise their scoring averages, their shooting percentages, and the goals will start coming. That's what I think their plan is. So then why add somebody to this mix when you believe the answer is already in the room? So I'm going in the big circle to bring it all together to say, would this guy who we could have got be any better than the guys we have here because these guys we believe are going to start scoring. We call that a circuitous route (laughs) to the truth. But yes. And I think over the long haul, those were once referred to as fancy stats that are just sort of the norm within this. And they have way – they being the coaching staff and the Stars management have way better uh, statistical information than natural stat trick or you and I. Correct. They they just do. So – and, and that's why, for the most part, they seem to be relatively unconcerned with another topic that we're going to get into down the road, uh, which is shots allowed. Forget about the right. high danger going the other direction. Who came up with high danger anyway? And who determines it? Who came up with high danger? I don't know. Oh, that's a high danger shot. Sounds like a George Carlin routine <laughs> waiting to happen. There, that'll date me. Uh, with the trade deadline, though, if you look around, forget, forget about the stars. There wasn't exactly an arms race in the Central Division. No. This year. I mean, for the most part, everyone was like, you know, we're, we're pretty okay with what we have going on here. The Pacific, a bit of a different animal. Yes. But but it's it's like wild coho salmon out there. Like, it, it's wild. You're not sure who's going to get the fish into the boat at the end of the day, right? Now, now you're regionalizing yes, yourself. Yes, you're I not, am. Not well, it's yourself. the Pacific. It's the Pacific. That's right. We're coho. crying out loud. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, the Metropolitan, or the Metro, as it uh, were, is where... Uh, you know, it's it's a dogfight, man. Yeah. Like every the Eastern Conference, everyone was going berserk, and you know Tampa's adding and and peddling, and Washington's trying to do the same, and they bring in Kovalchuk. It's fascinating for yeah. you know for the uh, fantasy player and for Soch and that kind of thing. Uh, it's great, but the the stars are the, taking the tortoise versus the hare uh, route or route this season. Where, you know what, yeah, this is going on and that's going on. I'm just going to just keep marching forward at my slow, steady pace. And we all know the moral of that story and and how it ends, do we not? The ship sinks. (laughs) 
No, that was that Titanic. Was, yeah, that was Titanic. Completely yeah. different. Uh, I will say that after the trade deadline, when, like, so I was going crazy, too. I'm looking at all these other teams making moves going like, well, okay, when are the Stars going to do something? But the fact is, you have to get through the Central Division just to get to the Western Conference Finals. You have to beat St. Louis. You have to beat Colorado. And that's it. So it doesn't really matter what Tampa Bay is doing or Pittsburgh is doing or Boston is doing because in the playoffs, you got to beat those teams that are right there in front of you. Well, and the, the danger always is that you start preparing or building or assembling a team to beat a certain other team, mm-hmm. and then you don't end up playing them. Yeah. Just ask the Anaheim Ducks. You know, they, they got into a window out there where the L.A. Kings right across town were the biggest, baddest boys on the block. It's strong alliteration by me here this morning, too. Sounds like a boy band. And, uh, oh, by the way, how about that on the bus last night, having to watch <laughs> Carpool Karaoke with K-pop in there with no sound. It was disturbing. I think it was good that there was no sound. Yeah, probably. Uh, what was the point I was making? Uh, biggest, baddest Anaheim Ducks versus the yes. LA Kings. So, so they, they start building a team out there to take on this very territorial Los Angeles Kings team. And they never end up playing them in the playoffs. Right. They keep drawing Nashville, who play more of a, a finesse, a faster game, and they couldn't get past the Nashville Predators. It's crazy how that yeah. happens. So It's different now because of the divisional format. I think it does give your focus a little bit, you know. Yeah, but I, I think you build the team in, in the manner that you believe is going to win, win in any circumstance. And I, I think this team has turned a little bit into that yes. now where they went on the – remember, I mean, we're not that far removed from this team couldn't win on the road. And now they went on the road. They win second games of back-to-backs. They can get their crap back together during a homestand when things don't go all that well. Uh, and that's another thing. I mean, they, they've been okay at home. Yep. I don't think they've been great no. on home ice. All of a sudden next month, what, what if they catch a gust of wind and just turn into world beaters? They're going to win the division by a relatively healthy margin if that happens. If that happens, yes. Yeah. But yeah, the, oh, I'm big into ifs. The, the That's fact, what this is all about. The fact that we they, rinky-dink ifs. The fact that they've gotten through all of this, all of this road yeah. schedule, and they are where they are, they're set up to have yeah. some really nice time. I was going to say, it's funny, back in the day, and I, I keep going back to... Stuff that worked in the past, and so I think that's a great idea. I, I know I'm an old you can't man, do that, Mike. but Ken Hitchcock always said, "Let's worry about ourselves. Let's worry about what we do well, and let them adjust to yeah, us." It's... And that's kind of what this team is. It's like you talk to Rick Bonus about, "Hey, what yeah, they're about the same age?" I mean, they're I know it really they're is very fun. different. Yes. They're very different guys, right? But they they come from the same sensibilities and the same experience history beliefs, yep. all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, and I think Jim Montgomery was from the college school of we're going to play the same team twice in two nights, so we're going to fashion our game this week to play yes. this team. I agree with that. And now this... Rich, I don't agree with that. No, no, I know, but you're level, saying that's what yeah, his philosophy I, was because yeah, that's so. what he grew up with yeah. or that's what he was doing here. And then now Rick's just like, look, we're going to play Carolina tonight, we're going to play Boston, then we're going to... Because we can't worry about what they're yeah. doing. We'll worry about what we're doing. And he he lives it. He yeah. really does. Makes it kind of dull for us with our yeah. meetings with him because, you know, you go in and you almost know what the answer is going to be ahead of time. Uh, but, you know, you ask the questions about it and the answer's very simplistic. We want to spend more time in their zone than they spend in our zone. Yep. 
you know, we'd like to finish on our chances. We'd like the special teams equation to be in our favor. These are all yeah. very rudimentary uh, approaches to the game. But I believe in them. I always have. Yeah. And the history of that proves that that probably will bear it out yeah. in the end. You you will find fruit. It's it's the low-hanging fruit. Don't always go for the high-hanging fruit and try to reinvent things game to game or within the game. And that's been a, a issue in past, too, where yeah. they're changing neutral zone four checks and this and that within the game to where I think individuals were like, what, what are we? What are we? And right. What are we doing? And, and that was really the battle in past was – trying to come up with some kind of an identity and they they've turned it and partially it started with hitch obviously a little bit of jim montgomery yep. and now they they are a shrug fest now right yeah they really under, are under rick bonus yeah and the players are repeating all that's always funny when the players start repeating with the oh that's when you have them yeah and i mean like even Ro when you get parody and dennis on. are going like your defense leads to offense yeah <laughs> and yeah. you're like okay well there you go yeah that that's truly the mark of of when you you have something really good going on is when you're getting parroting right. from the room. As a coaching staff, I, I would think that's music to their ears, yeah. where the message is not only being received, but it's being absorbed, and then it's being regurgitated. That was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Enough on trade deadline? Sure. I mean, it's not what it once was, right? Well... It's not what it wants. Don't try to dress it up. No, right? again, I'll go back to the fact that uh, Doug Armstrong, our hero, had a great quote. And he said, you know, if this would have been back in the 90s, he goes, I would have been in on about four or five different players because then you could just go up to 100 million. Oh, you just million. load it, yeah. Right, and he goes, but we have a salary cap now. And it, like most well, of the teams coming in are really close to it, too. Right, and it's not just the salary cap, though, don't you think? Don't you think it's also the, the – today's – general manager has all these wings to the to the office that they have to talk to and you know debate and prove and all that but they you, the wild horse trader right days are pretty much done because there's so much money involved yep. and and they're smarter than they they used to be because they you know you got whether it's an analytics uh, department or assistant general managers, the, the financial aspect of it, 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 it looks bigger than it did back then when it was like, yeah, seven-player deal with three weeks to go in the regular season seems to fit. Yeah. And that's why I wondered a little bit about what the team that we saw last night you know, some of it was born out of massive injuries that they had to fill, but the trade with Florida wasn't no, you know, and they gave up they gave up significant assets and guys on their team to get Vinny Trocheck. It might work down the road, but it might also mess up a team that lives and dies on on internal chemistry. Yeah, you know they they, they don't beat you with a ton of talent. They beat you with that chemistry. They looked a little bit out of sorts last night, and you and I both were just tickled <laughs> that we didn't have to live through the. <laughs> regional uh, dinner theater after the game on the ice of the storm surge that was my that was my number one question though i wanted to go into the room i didn't have the yeah. guts to ask it but i really did want to go around the room to the new guys and just go so honestly what were you thinking oh great i get a chance to put on some skits after the game now <laughs> when we win yeah 
Or were they like, oh my God, it, no, please. It's Carolina? Does that mean I have to do the little I think pantomimes? you got to buy in, yeah. We're all bought in there in, oh. in, in storm surge land. Well, we didn't have to deal with it last night. It was star surge in the first <laughs> period. <laughs> I uh, will say that the, the fact the air went out of the building so quick was kind of fun. Oh, it's, it's I love like it. They were, they I, were there for nothing, a party. There is nothing better, nothing better than being an athlete and especially a goaltender right. and going into a foreign building and just shutting everyone's mouth, like shutting them up. It is delicious. So much fun. Yeah. It, it's way better than anything in the sport. And then oh, t- other than maybe a standing ovation when yeah. I stood on my head back in the I, day. I was thinking maybe st- winning the Stanley Cup, you know, would have been a good I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably not as good. Nice to go in and just burn your boat, take it over. One minute Pillage. in. And then, then you could see them going like, okay, we're, we're going right. to get this back. We're going to get this back. Then it was three nothing. They're like, yeah. All right, we're not getting this. We back. have to move on because okay. Totsi's starting to yawn and stuff over oh on the other side. Uh, so, it, 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 staying with Carolina, yeah. And I, I love that you've you've kept your uh, your red colors on for this morning. The e bug, emergency backup goaltender. This is a topic of topics around the National Hockey League, around North America on all the morning shows, on all the evening hockey programs, in press boxes. I want to hear your take, because I'm a former goaltender, and I think you understand where I'm probably going to come from, but I'm curious what you have. Uh, I'm a fan, and yet You're a writer. I am a writer, but... uh I talk to a lot of people to get their opinions, and I think that helps shape my opinion. And most of the people I've talked to within the realm of hockey uh, are not fans of the e-bug, um, but the fans are. And so it, it, it's a balance. You're confusing me. Okay, so... They're not you, fans if, of it, but the fans ah, are. Ah, that's a good point. I shouldn't have, you shouldn't have used that. Uh, but the, the actual people in there think it's not a good idea. One, because you just have... You have a, a guy off the street who's going to go play in an NHL game, and that yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to it's professionals. Not really, it's not really that, but yeah. Uh, two, you got a guy from Toronto who's now a superhero in Carolina. He's probably never been to Carolina before, didn't even know much about the Hurricanes, but... And I guess that's part of the charm of the story, but it's just so you as a weird. writer, you as a writer, yes. love the story. As a story, yes. Yes. And everybody does. Everybody loves the story. I I can appreciate the story. I really can. What I don't like is it makes our league look a little bit (laughs) rinky-dinky and (laughs) like this podcast and and like a garage league. Yeah. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. I said this yesterday. The, The great thing about it is the games themselves that these guys have gone into haven't turned into just a turd factory, right? Right. Like... They've been they've been reasonable. Like the game in Toronto, it wasn't twenty three to four or something. Right. Guys didn't have nine goal games because they had a sieve in net. Uh, the same thing with Scott Foster, and he was at home. This was a yeah. different thing because he it was a road game in that. But how do you fix it going forward? Do they need to fix it that much? How do you fix it in a market like Carolina? All of a sudden, you need to carry three guys? Right. You don't need three guys. No. That doesn't work. You're not going to drag a guy around all year long that's just going to 
eat the press meal and sit there with his gear. And... I, I think you might. I no, think they no. think that's the solution. So, okay. No, how, how could that be the solution? So, one, it wouldn't cost that much. Yes, it would. Eh. The problem is it's, I mean, it's happened what, twice in three years, four years. So you're doing all this for the well, potential it, again, fact that it could happen. Mike, 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 yes, Mike. Yes, yes. The, the idea or, or the, the acronym and the, the actual name of this position is emergency, you know, break the glass. Correct. Backup goalie. It's not emergency starting goalie. Correct. Okay. You don't, the, the idea of this guy is that, okay, we're going to put a guy on the bench. He might have to come in for like the last four minutes of the game or whatever. Right. Not, we're going to start this guy that game and then another game. And that, that's not who it is. So the idea that you have a guy who has his gear and can at least hold his own a little bit, he's not going to look great, but it is what it is. I, I, I don't understand the appetite to change that that drastically. The only thing I would say is they, they should that that person should have to have played a certain level. Like I think in Carolina, their their two uh, emergency backups played club uh, hockey at NC State. That can't be very good, no, at all. But at, at least they know their way around the crease a little bit. How else are you going to find somebody down there that is going to have enough chops? to be able to play. And then the bigger issue, I think, going forward is always going to be why this guy can play for both teams. But No, no I think you would travel your emergency. No, 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 I know, but oh, right now, I mean, well, right the guy can play is, for yeah, both yeah. teams. That's weird. I mean, let's say this happens in the final week and, and you are dealing with a game. Maybe they'll change the schedule where you're playing nothing but cross-conference in the final two weeks of the regular season to get just in case it happens. I don't know. But, I mean, you have a guy that can play for both teams. The, the, this big save Dave Ayers was an employee, essentially, of the Leafs who played in goal for Carolina against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. That should that shouldn't happen. No, I mean I at think, this level that should not. Well, happen. and I think the temptation would have been there to allow a few goals and let Toronto. Well, win. he tried. <laughs> Can't help it if Toronto never takes a shot. <laughs> By the way, the emergency goalies in Dallas are uh, Thomas Hodges, who's a local kid from Plano, yep. and Kenny Carroll, uh, who's the GM of the Richardson Star Center, and they rotate game to game, so they're there and they're available. But the I, I it's mean, a good gig though. You get free tickets and you get yeah, the, you yeah, know. sure. But I mean, it really for guys. And I talked to Jeff Reese, uh, the Stars goalie coach, about it the other day. I mean, if if you've played the position, and he he brings up a very good point. There's a lot of guys that have rattled around the minors forever with a dream of just just give me one game in the National Hockey League, and and here's this friggin' water the ice guy uh, from the American Hockey League. Uh, uh, affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs who goes into a game up there and he's turned into this legend be because it was in Toronto, A, and 
how it went and that it it just feels icky yeah. to me as an athlete i think it feels icky yeah. as a fan it's like I mean, oh wow i, I could know. play right. and maybe i we should just get over ourselves no no with, i i think I, that. like i said last night man you, you like to and it is the most important position yes. in our sport if you have bad goaltending you don't win and you overanalyze every other area of your not not just your team your organization if you're getting shoddy net minding, right? At the same time, we're like, we can just pluck an accountant and toss him in there. That's how unimportant that position right. is at times. Yeah. I, I will say this, having been around fresh. It's a true dichotomy. It I is believe. a true dichotomy. I like this. I mean, you, you want to debate. Here you go. One side says this. The other side says that. I, I haven't That's been, what a debate is. Thanks I for unfolding that for us. <laughs> I'm, wow. pre- I'm pretty good with words, hey. aren't I? Am I a wordsmith? How is that? What is it again? The debate is when one it's side has it. an argument one way and the other side has a different yes. point of uh, view exactly. or opinion? You call it discourse. This is this is known as a debate. The debate. Like, oh, okay. But sometimes there's seven. Yeah, well, well let's not get into <laughs> politics. But I've been around athletes and what's great about the top level athletes is how serious they take this. This is their life. Duh. I mean, like 24 seven, this to be that guy to make that one difference. But just to then to, 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 like, I get the insult of it all. I really well, do. They put, there, there are graphics now that put him in with Dominic Hashin <laughs> as the oldest goaltenders to win a game. At, he didn't win the game. You don't win a game when you stop 80% of the shots in the game. You didn't win the game. When your goals against average is over four in 2020, you did not, quote unquote, win the game. There are, He's not a winner. There are rules. The rules say He's a cute party trick. If you're, I agree with that. And I think he knows it. I really do. Now, Does again. He, he might have known that on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, but by Tuesday, I think he was starting to think, I'm a friggin' rock star. He's, he's starting to uh, write the movie script. Oh, yeah. And- <laughs> he's waving and, yeah, in works with Paramount to see what they can concoct for the David Ayers story. See which actor's going to play his part. Yeah. It better end up on Hallmark Channel or something <laughs> and nothing else. Spoken like a true athlete, Daryl. Well, it's just... I get it. You guys... And it's funny, because I know you make fun look of at yourself. The attention that, look at the attention that this got. Right. Right? Th- this, this clown act went on in Toronto. Correct. And the team that should have been just absolutely embarrassed into a hole was the Toronto Maple Leafs for what went on in that game. Alexander Ovechkin scored his 700th NHL goal. And it was it was like an afterthought. Was he on Jimmy Fallon or <laughs> afterthought? <laughs> I agree. It's ridiculous. That's why it's what bugs me the most. And we fight for relevance and that in the states in this sport. You watch on these programs that just take kind of a uh, glancing blow view, a cursory look at at our sport every now and then. Either someone almost decapitates somebody. There's a brawl, which we never have in our sport anymore, but every time there's one in baseball, it's like, oh, it's like a hockey game broke out. We haven't had a bench-clearing brawl in our sport in decades. And then something like this. Oh, he's a Zamboni driver. They grab the Zamboni driver, and they put him in net. And you're like, God, really? That's what we're going to be known for. And that that's, that's why I worry about the fact that the perception of our sport, as much as we're trying to be not the XFL – turns into a little bit of he hate me uh, because of stuff like this that shouldn't happen. I mean, you you should have a guy that played 
I would like to have every one of these e-bugs have to have played at least a certain level of junior hockey or college hockey and not club or uh, have better have it played in some pro league east coast hockey league yeah. american hockey league something like that but can you do that in thir- now 32 markets i don't know no probably not you know what uh, to quote goodfellas uh, it's a funny sport like funny like a clown I've, I've, or, wa- or, uh... I've watched that a lot I don't remember when they were into sports and I'm one. just trying to be funny here that uh, maybe some people don't take the sport seriously enough man I don't know I I just want to move on I agree tired of that story it's cute for a while it's, whatever happened to 15 minutes of fame I think we're going to hit it no, it turned into a... It, it's a week. But, uh, it's David Ayer's week. A week is 15 they, minutes. They made him an honorary citizen or something. Or he should be a ward of the state down there is what he should be. His wife's going off on Twitter. That's a good story. Because it's, it's human interest? Yeah, well, again, it's... it's I'm a fan, and I could play in a pro sports league. So then I can relate to this guy because, hey, I go out and play beer league hockey. Wouldn't it be great if I could go play with the Stars? At that position. At that position. Now, could see, you're could you play any other position as an accountant? Probably not. The, the, uh, the funny thing about that is uh, I, I did wonder about if I was Toronto, wouldn't you just be firing at his head? Like, <laughs> oh, you think you're smart, huh? Well, I mean, I, obviously they wanted to just score goals, but, you know... Let's, they didn't fire at anything. I, they didn't fire at anything. But I rigor mean, mortis had it, set in. Like, and, I don't know what happened to him, but I would have just anyway. gone in there and tried to send a message. Anyway, that's the end of the David Ayers story, I think. 15 minutes is over. It was a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. Did you like the story? No, look at him shake his head. Nope. Dumb, Tote, isn't it? Tote, if they got you into an NBA game for 10 minutes, would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> that's the fun you part what, of the story. You know what? I was just thinking... What, <laughs> What they should do is make it uh, legal or a rule that the the mascot goes in. <laughs> huh? It's a big body. Like that'd be fun. It would be. Yeah, we, if we're all just here to have fun, why not try yeah. that one? You know, Victor E. Green's got the big belly on him. He, he'd be like that walrus in the Geico commercial. <laughs> no sleepies. Anyway. All right. Let's take a break because I'm exhausted from e-bugging. And uh, we'll move forward here with whatever we have. I don't know what we have after this. Do you? Oh, let's get back to that shots thing. We'll go from shots fired on e-bugs to shots allowed. I feel like I've I've uh, purged all of my e-bug anger. I feel better now. You should. I do. I really do. Nothing against David Ayers. No. Ayers, you know? But enough. You can say no, too, you know? Like, you don't have to go on every show. You can say no. I said I wasn't going to go back. Okay. <laughs> Moving forward. So now. the Stars allowed 41 shots last night. That was the third time in the last five games. And the fourth time in the last 11 games, 
that they've allowed 40 or more shots. Are we at all concerned about this? Because the record states that you shouldn't be. Right. They're they're two zero and two in the last four. They're five one and two overall this season, when they allow forty or more shots. And Bones says it's about scoring chances against, not shots against. And if you witness the game with your eyeballs and not your high danger fancy stats last night, you would have looked at that game and said, you know what, Anton Hedoma was fantastic. But at the same time. I heard, and again, this was just tossed around. By the, the way, for those of you who can't see, I was I was kind of cocking my head to the side there with a, an inviting Mike jump in here. Hey, should I jump in here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you listen to the, uh, the chatter outside the room last night, they said they gave up 19 shots on goal in the third period, one scoring chance. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but... And again, it may have been a high-danger scoring chance. Well, it was I, I probably don't. the rebound and Sebastian Ajo, yeah. I would think. Anytime Sebastian Ajo, who has 36 goals, shoots the puck, it's probably a scoring chance. Yeah. But point being is, that is what they are talking about. Well, didn't that same thing happen uh, at home? They gave up a ton of shots. and That was early in a game, though, yeah. I think. And then in the third period, I think... Uh, Rick Bonus was was saying that we you know we gave up, we didn't give up scoring chances. Right. There, it was the game where Essa had the block yes. at the end, which I Chicago, thought was a scoring chance. But yeah. isn't I, that I, funny? They I, had I no, no scoring chance in the third period. I, but I, I know we're, we're <laughs> I know we're just being scammed. Yes, here. we are, which is what we do. But <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's a big issue. I really don't. Uh, but at the same time, and I think you and I have talked about this in other venues where if, if teams keep pumping pucks toward the net, bad things can happen. When you, when you have a certain volume of that, uh, yeah, they can handle it for the most part, but what happens if something does break down or something does break when you're allowing all that? Because, I mean, you shouldn't – I still don't think you should get outshot 19 to 1. Correct. You know, when you're locking things down, and obviously they had a three-goal lead in that. But they they seem uh, as proud as a pig with two tails when they pull this off. So I think why the, would we argue against it? I think it? the FCC line is a great example of they will get the puck. They will get it in deep. They will run around and do absolutely nothing offensively. And then, yeah, they've, you know, they've talked about it. And I've yeah. talked to them, though, about them wanting to do more, not do that. They right. felt like Blake Como especially was saying, man, we got caught in a rut last year of just doing that yeah. where we just cycled ourselves into submission yeah. and then changed. Yep. And, and that's good because you've got the puck and you've got possession. You're in the offensive zone. Yeah. They're not getting a chance. But they were protecting a lead at home and and uh it was the it was the game where they didn't give up any scoring chances yeah. in the Chicago. third period. No, it wasn't the Isn't Chicago it? game. It was it was before that. Uh Arizona. Arizona, probably. okay. And I'm watching the start of the third period, and to my eyeballs, I'm I'm like, man, they got to manage the puck better than this. They kept coming out of the zone, get to center, turn it over, then go back and defend in their own zone, and then get it again. Now they weren't giving up no. all that much when that, that was, but it was happening over and over and over yeah. again, and it was kind of like, man, uh, I remember in past that you need to get a little farther than the equator, yes, and try to spend more time down there. Because the best way to protect a lead yeah. is to forecheck, yeah. is to make them play in their own zone. Not to hang in in your own zone and play what I have dubbed a aggressive phalanx defensively. 
You could you grab could onto that up. if you want, but that's what it is. It's an aggressive phalanx, and uh, and it it wins. How, how do you argue against it? Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think is they create their offense from uh, counterattack, so they almost give the puck to the other team, let them come up ice, and then try and steal the puck and counterattack. And you know, there are times they do that too. Yeah, think, they're know. probably they're they're a better they're a better uh, Lance the Boil uh, type team. Than they, than, than they are, uh, than they are a heavy lean on you cycle in the offensive zone and get chances yes. off that. For for the most part, they're they're like quick strike, yes, right, with either counters or just a guy like Rope or right. Dennis just skating through everyone. Somebody did a video package on the St. Louis series last year, and it was Stars counterattack chance, St. Louis cycle, cycle chance, yeah. and I mean it was yeah. it was so black and white. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think, how they won game seven. They just warmed down. Which is a future debate as to what ultimately is or could win. But you, don't, you, you see mostly what I'm seeing and what the coaches are seeing, right? Where yes. it, it's a number. 40 is a number. It is. But I will say that, that Rick tells us that a lot of this is what you talked about and we want to get the puck we want to get it into the offensive zone we want to transition better and we're not doing yeah, that yeah. and so he talks a lot about the neutral zone and how the puck comes back into your zone then you have to you know, we have to dump it just to change then that sets up a cycle yeah. of we're in our own end because we're just dumping it right back to them and so he he is aware of it and he would prefer you know 32-4 and 30 against as opposed to 26-4 and 41 against. Yeah, they they don't hang on to the puck enough and, no. and just pass their way to uh, profit. You know, they they do seem to be more comfortable without the puck at times in yeah. their defending game. But, uh, again, it's just stacking up a little too much right now. You know, three of the last five games allowing 40 plus the irony of that some is of it protecting they're, leads. They're, i was gonna say they're terrible starts before we're probably helping yeah. them in this category now you're up three nothing and they just say all right we're up three nothing we're not even you know yeah and so i mean but they don't they don't give up an awful lot of uh odd man rushes and breakaways and and no. things like they really don't no uh you know look at that team last night they played against that is how you lose right that that is that is hockey suicide, the way they went about their business. Yeah. And, you know, a lot went on in their world in a three-day span. Yeah. So you could But I will say when you watch the Stars it. at their best, their back-checking is amazing. They frustrate really good offensive teams. Yeah. I mean, when they get away from it, they're, be they're oh, extremely yeah. beatable. Yes. And I think they understand that. Yeah. Guys like Jason Dickinson were just terrific last night yeah. in that role. Uh, okay, so no issue there. Here's a question. 19 games to go. Who is the Stars MVP? It's a really good question. I, I've, I've said this before. It is. Because I had a time. I, I posed a, that this morning. I had a hard time. Six and a half hours sleep. Still came up with that one. I Bang. had a hard time going through all this. I, I Because of uh, recency bias. Going through all what? There's all the potential. 23 players. I know. Well, that's 23 players you got to go through. And, yeah. You know. Because of recency bias. I'm going to throw out Anton Hudobin because of what he allows this team to do and what he allows Ben Bishop to do and the fact that he is just playing out of his mind right now. And I know that's silly to say your backup goalie is your most valuable player, but think of what they would be if they had some of the backup goalies they've had in the past. 
Like he gives them the ability to stick with this. Like you could easily question whether this is the best way to play hockey. And if that starts happening after a couple of losses, it's a problem. But he goes in there and pretty much every opportunity he gets, he's spectacular. Are you trying to dig up a goalie controversy? No, no, I really am not. I'm saying in the role that he's been put in, he has done it better than I think anyone could have possibly imagined. And I think it's an important role. Now, the only reason I say that is because all the other roles are below. <laughs> like if you set up, okay, here's 100% of what we want from this position player person, I don't think anybody's close to 100%. Am I wrong? Well, probably, but <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the question can't really be answered this year. Uh, he's only played 26, 27 yeah, games 27 or whatever. Games. <clears throat> and uh, look, he has played fantastic. And it's two years in a row of it. Uh, it's the same thing that he did in past, too. Like, they yeah. ask him here in Boston. Oh, my Boston. God, they loved him in Boston. They loved ask him in Carolina. Him in Carolina yeah. when, you know, the debate started to rage. Is Cam Ward or him? Uh, he's only spent two years in all his stops, and this is the second year of his, his deal he's done after this year contract-wise. I don't know where that is headed. He's a good choice on, on a team that doesn't really have one yeah. this year, which is a good thing. I mean, you can't really answer that question. Uh, is I think the fact that you can't answer it fully is – a great statement about the 2019-20 Dallas Stars. Yeah. They, they truly are a team. And there are no one individual, one line, one defenseman, one goaltender, one coach that they have relied upon to be the be-all, end-all on this season. And yet they're 37-20-6 because it's just, you know, they love that chain link. Yeah. And that's truly what they are. So... I don't know that there is an MVP this year. You know, everybody's had kind of a moment within there. They can get by without this guy and that guy. And, uh, you know, Essa would be another guy, yeah. Lind- Lindell, because he's, he's been so important and played heavy minutes. But at the same time, uh, he doesn't have a point in the last dozen games yeah. after having like 11 points in 12. That That's exactly what these stars are. Yeah. You can go through most of a month where you're a world beater, and he was leading the stars in scoring coming out of, uh, I think, the new year. And then all of a sudden, it's the defending is fine yeah, right there. for the most part. Yeah. Little vacillations here and there. But no points whatsoever. And yet, the, somebody else is getting points. Yeah. And I think the focus on Tyler was so big because he's Tyler. Yeah. He makes the money he does. But when he wasn't scoring, he was doing something else. And I think the same with Essa. It's the same with, you know... The FCC line, uh, you know, you could say that they're the MVP just because, you know, they're the tip of the, of the sword on so many things that this team wants to do. Uh, but you're right. It's it's across the board. I mean, there are players who step up and then players who step back. And then, you know, it just is somebody different every game. 
And I, I'm surprised by it sometimes. Like you sit there and go, well, come on, you get, you know, this is not how you do it in the NHL. Uh, you know, you go out and you score every game or you go, you know, score every other game or you do what, you know, this team plays 20, this line plays 20 minutes, this line plays 10 minutes. And like Jamie's been playing 13 minutes a night for like six games, not two, six. And you're just like, huh? yeah, that's how they do it. And, and none of the individuals seem to have that no. much of a beef with it. You can't really argue with success. Yeah. Uh, and last night, everyone played w- within 10 minutes of one another. Yep. Now, you can do that when you're leading. Right. And you just continue to roll things over. But, yeah, I, I, I think you might be right that the, the best choice, maybe you just vacate it for a year. Yeah. There is no MVP. Uh, but he, he's been an important uh, guy, they they and and it does set up, uh, you know, a, a bit of an internal rivalry of uh, at that position. You know, you don't want to. There's always an option. Yeah. You know it, and I think it's the same thing everywhere else. Like there's, like even the the Roman Polak, Andre Sakara or Sekera, pardon me, uh, platooning. You know, a guy goes in, a guy goes out. It's hard on those guys, yeah. man. Mentally and physically, it's hard to come out of a, for a game and then go back in and have your timing, your your rhythms off, and that. And yet, you you have you better have a decent game if you're anybody else, or you might find yourself out. Right. And the same thing with forward lines. You know, you have a bad shift, uh, they can skip over you. Just concentrate on this side of the puck, and everyone's going to be happy with everything. Yeah. And they do. They they bought into this idea that from good defense comes offense. Take care of your side of center ice, and we're going to score enough to win games on the other side of center ice. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Totsi's the MVP this season. <laughs> Totsi's always the MVP. I don't know. It's interesting because I'm going to take this full circle again. I think one of the biggest issues they had with trying to bring a forward in is that, okay, well, who are we going to scratch now? We can scratch Yanmark. You're going to scratch one of the kids? You're going to scratch you know, one of the FCC players? Are we going to scratch you know, one of our stars? Yeah. And, and so they're like, I honestly think that conversation came in the room. If nobody's going out and we're bringing one forward in, well, who's sitting? And I do think the whole Sakara uh, uh, Polak thing is, it, it's been. Sakara. Sakara has been very interesting. I thought it was Peter Sakara, Andre Sakara. Yeah. That's what I was told, but I guess I could There's, be wrong. There's been lots of changes to names through the years. <laughs> I think he's had three or four. Well, and I always laugh at the players actually call everybody different names. And we've been, you know, Rupe is Rupe to everybody. And we're going like, no, isn't it Rope? And like the players are like, no, he's Rupe. Yeah. And then he's ace, but he's also something else. Uh, I don't know. But point being is I think that battle for the playing time on defense, I do think it may have affected their decision to not get just a forward, like just to say, okay, we're going to get an extra forward, and there we go. Which brings us to fear. Ah. Yes. Fear is the unpleasant feeling or emotion caused by belief that something is out there that is likely to cause pain or be a threat. That's what fear is, Mike. So what frightens you, the stars, stars fans? Isn't this like in that football movie, Bees? I don't like bees. Bees frighten me. And Gene Hackman was up there going, no, 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 no. Like, what scares you on the field? 
You have some of the worst references ever you know, in and podcast then, history. And then quicksand. Quicksand was the answer. Uh-huh. You know, where you try, you work so... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what scares me is this has never been done before. Like a team that is 20, 29th, 30th in five-on-five scoring has never gone deep in the playoffs. Now, that team is also number one in goals against average, but I'm saying if you set this up and say this team is going to go forward and believe that it can do what it's done for 70 games, 60-something games, and then win in the playoffs, no one else has done it. Nobody else has been this bad offensively and then gone on and won significantly in the playoffs. So, it, I mean, either they're going to change and become a team that scores three goals a game on a regular basis, or it's going to be really hard to advance in the playoffs. That's what scares me. Do you know what I fear? What? The name Damien. Hmm. That's another bad movie reference, I do isn't not, it? I do not like that name. It gives me chills. Maybe it's because of the movie. Coronavirus and where that's headed. Oh, my. That is scary. I fear that also. Most slasher movies, I won't watch any of those horror flicks. I just flick past them. I do not like them. I have a very active imagination. Interesting. And I struggle to compartmentalize that it's fiction and not reality. And then I have a very active dream pattern at night. And I scare the living daylights out of myself with that. Uh, my biggest fear with the team is that they haven't really had a dark cloud, bad break, you know, thing go on. They haven't had to deal with massive injuries or guys that you're like, man, how do we, how are we, how are we going to fill that in for that while? And uh, it might, I, I worry that it's going to get derailed in a very spiffy season at the wrong time. That's my biggest fear. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. I hope they just keep marching along and just keep knocking off uh, the opposition by taking their best players out of the game, scoring enough, moving on. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. That's the the great thing about this group. Whatever happens, happens. They they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that is the throw, most interesting. Throw thing. something else at us. Yeah. You know, they they're just basically they stand on the ropes. The gloves are up like this and. You keep hammering away, and they keep taking them. And then every now and then, they just throw a looping right hook, nail you right in the eardrum, knock your equilibrium off kilter. Bad, it's bad up, when you're bleeding from the eardrum. They end up winning the hockey game. But I, I do worry about I, – I, I think everyone worries about yeah. uh, just injuries that just derail what's going on and maybe losing a bit of the mojo some I mean everybody every season every season goes like this and they've yeah. been kind of going like this it's like the stock market yep Mike it doesn't always go up there's a correction every now and then and there have been little mini corrections for the stars but they don't even lose back-to-back games anymore no uh, so if they can keep doing this and it is not an easy schedule going forward they don't have a lot of like beat down opposition right I mean there's a couple games in there that you look at and you're like, okay, well, it's Anaheim or it's LA, it's these non-playoff teams. But sometimes those are a I was gonna nightmare say, I, to play against too. I think that's actually better when they play good teams. Yeah. They, they seem to be more focused. Yeah. And so, and the mental part of the game, I think, is important for them. Well, they're going to play good teams uh, coming up. Oh my up. gosh, this will be fun. Starting tomorrow. They, what, a, 
what a funky schedule, huh? They mm-hmm. start this whole thing with back-to-back games against the two teams that played in the Stanley Cup final. And here we are in the final 20, and they're going to play back-to-back against the two teams that played in the Stanley Cup final last year. And both of them look like they could be right back there again uh, this year. So this is a good test. Good test for the Stars here in Beantown. And then I think everyone's looking forward to seeing the finale of this season series between the Stars and the Blues. For, for whatever reason, they play better in St. Louis against yeah. them than they do on home ice. And they played awful in that game in Dallas. They got smoked. That was so tough to take. Yeah. Why is it always St. Louis? You know, everyone's excited. We all get in there. We're all ready to go. And within, it feels like within 15 minutes, it's over. Yeah. And the, sec- and the second night of a back-to-back with their like quote-unquote backup goalie in that. And- game six in the spring. That one we're right. going to play for the uh, Western Conference crown, sort of, yeah. at the moment anyway. You go back to game seven in 2016. It's always St. Louis pooping on the party in Big D. <laughs> well, payback's coming, huh? That would be nice. Yeah, it would. It would. Totes, you got anything to add this yeah, week? I got nothing. A big soggy sack of nothing from you? Nope. Looking forward to a lobster roll. <laughs> a true lobster roll. <laughs> I stepped out of my comfort zone and had a lobster roll in Raleigh. It was okay. It won't be as good as it will be here. Huh? Yeah. Because the ocean is right here. Yeah. Which ocean is it? It's the Atlantic. I, I learned that from my civics, which I'm studying for. Huh? You should go on Jeopardy. Yeah. You're killing it right now. Am I? Hamilton, the Atlantic, you know it all. I exist beyond the limits of human endurance. That's really why I'm here. And I appreciate you being there, all you rinky-dinking listeners. That's it from Beantown. We're off to lobster rolls and smart pack. Think you'll smart pack the bus today? That would be nice to see. In (laughs) Revere? This is a tough bus ride. See you next week. Tabasco! Yeah.